Good morning, Shira. So today we are going to, to do a part two on different therapies that work for different people. Yeah. And so last time we went into more of the psychotherapies of what are the typical the typical therapists are practicing. And today we're going to go on a totally different lens and a different um, approach. We're going to talk more about experiential therapies. Yeah. So I love experiential therapies. I myself am, you know, practicing I'm practicing, training to become a dance therapist. Yeah. Um, and I think that and there's art therapy mm -hmm. and there's music therapy and there's, you know, tons of different experiential therapies. And I think it's just really great because it really allows people that may be having some barriers to be able to, whether it's trauma mm -hmm. or different reasons that talk therapy isn't working or yes. skills therapy isn't working and they need a different way to be able to feel safe enough to get to the core. Um, and I find it very fascinating as, you know, as I study the movement therapy about how it's still using all the same, well, not all, it uses a lot of the similar to somatic intervention, at least I found, mm -hmm. and it uses a lot of the same approaches. It's just instead of sitting at a desk and talking, you're, you know, you're drawing or painting through mm -hmm. it. So it's not this like kind of heebie-jeebie thing. I think that very intellectual people kind of are like, oh, what am I supposed to dance away my feelings? You know, right. like it's not heebie-jeebie. It uses a lot of evidence-based you know, um, skills and and practices. It's just that it just has a different way of getting there. Like we said, we we said in part one of that. There's just there's different approaches to getting to the same result. Exactly. At the end. Now I might be very biased, but I think dance therapy can work for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I think right. dancing in general is great. Right. I mean, dancing in self, exactly. It's a release of energy. It's a release of tension. It allows you to get to like yeah. a child part of yourself easier because you're inhibited. Um, so there's all these really great parts. No, but actually, who do you think that dan that experiential therapies or more specifically movement therapy want to work for? Because I actually can't think of anyone right now. <laughs> no, I'm not even joking. Maybe somebody who has two left feet. But <laughs> no, because no, but, yeah, I could be sitting and doing movement therapy. I've done groups with like more, right. you know people suffering from Parkinson's, so we're like sitting and doing just whatever body parts can still move. Right. I think you know it reminds me of a story because I had a client who came to me a long, long time ago, and. Um, and I generally do more talk-based therapy. I'm not doing experiential models. It's not my You're general approach. With your clients? No, not yet. <laughs> Maybe one day, but not yet. I love it for myself, but um, it's not something that I practice. Um, and so she came to me, and she was she wasn't able to speak, um, and not because like she was mute or anything. It was just that she didn't know what to say. Like she knew something was bothering her, but she couldn't put words to it. And I got that sense right there that this is not somebody who is going to succeed in talk therapy. And I said to her, listen, like, you know, you can sit with me for another week, another two weeks, another right. month. But eventually, like what we're going to realize is that it's too hard for you to speak. And therefore, instead, you need more of an experiential approach. Like you need art therapy, you need the music therapy, you need dance therapy. Right. So I said, like, I'm going to try to save you the time and the money. Just go and find right. an amazing. art therapist. Um, and I think like somebody like that, like can really flourish by saying, I'm not, I'm not sure how to like organize my thoughts, but I need to use something to help me right. get, get to my thoughts, get to my emotions. Right. And that's like what like art does. Yeah, it's a medium. That's a great way of putting it. It's like a way of like accessing your emotions from a right. different vantage point. Right. And it's a way of basically releasing them. Yeah. And you know, a lot of, we say this a lot, especially with trauma. Like it's not about the content, right? It's about the pro it's about the process. Yeah. So even though in, in dancing or, or or painting or any experiential therapy, you might not be saying your story and that might be so frustrating for people. It's not really about the content, it's about mm -hmm. the process. Right. And the experiential therapies can still get you there. Right. I think like, you know, when it comes to experiential therapies, like there's so many out there. There's even like journaling. Um, there's, there's, there's even sand, like sand yeah, well, sand, sand therapy is huge. That's huge. Like it happens to be like the therapist that I went to. Um, she was so into sand and I was so resistant to it. I've never sat with her into 
the sands and I was there for like three years oh, and every wow. single time she was like let's do the sand let's do the sands <laughs> and I'm like no I will not play with the sand and um and it, it just wasn't for me um, and I said what I'm gonna build a story like in, in the sand tray like I think you have to have like a little bit of imagination also in order to do it like you have to be a bit creative like you have to be willing to like to think with a different part of the of your mind because like we all know like there's two parts of the brain right there's the left hand and, and the right hand side and different sides are storing different pieces of information and so one side is more experiential and creative um it's not it's not verbal it's actually interesting because one of my studies that i had to read one of my papers for my dance therapy class was about how creativity really flourishes in a box huge right the more structure we give creativity the more flourish the more like open-ended we say like do what you want people can sit in a room let's say you give somebody sand people can sit in the room and, and they can't even think of anything but you can give right. someone a little bit more instructions you need a directive they can build something even more so i think that even for people that maybe don't use their left brain so much and are not so creative if they're in a movement or art and they're given directive mm -hmm. they can really flourish in that way and then use a part of the brain that they've never used before again yeah. i'm biased but i said i think this works for everyone it's funny because <laughs> last week um it was my birthday oh, and so i went I that. <laughs> I knew that. I haven't heard but I knew that. <laughs> the Hebrew one is going to come up, but like there's such a break this year between like, oh, really? the English and the Hebrew. Um, so we still have time to like celebrate. It's like a whole month of parties. Um, so what what I did was is that I went with a friend and we did paint night and it was so much fun. And I'm not a painter. She's not a painter. And like there was a lot of like direction as to like what we should do. And mm -hmm. like, so she said like, you know, draw a line here and use this color there and do this and do that. And like at the end, like we both had very different paintings, but like ultimately they both look really nice. And, and I think like if she would have just said like, draw anything i would have blanked out or my friend right. would have blanked exactly. out but like the fact that like we were more like directed and then we both had like a really nice time and also like we were excited with what came out we didn't do like the analysis of it um but is there analysis on paint night no there isn't right. but as therapists oh. like well, my friend's not a therapist but um, you psychoanalyze your painting you're no saying. i didn't no i didn't maybe i should go back to my house and, and psychoanalyze it um but but that's what people do with with art right is like you try to see like what's underneath it all like right. what's going on there why'd you what choose you that color in the in the painting really funny story um i was in camp and it was like a traveling camp and um and they brought in like a, a paint person and so they said to draw anything like there was really no directive and everyone's pictures were so different and then the camp head went out afterwards and she analyzed every oh. single painting in front of everybody not knowing who painted what Interesting. and it was so fascinating how number one she was spot on with everyone's personalities of like what it says about them right. so she was like a bucky and in, like interpreting like i guess it's like a dream interpreter she was like <laughs> an interpreter of like art um but it was so interesting how like we might not realize it but like what we put on a piece of paper is really representative of something inside of us like right. how messy it is like you know how neat it is what colors we choose where you put more emphasis where you put less emphasis and so there is so much that we can like learn and I like that you said before that it's just like a tool to get to know it better um and so that's really what it is like art is just another way of talking yeah but it's not verbal talking right and that can really help people with nonverbal traumas also yeah so tell me a bit more about dance therapy because I am so fascinated by it and God, I know that you are like an expert we could do our own podcast on dance therapy. <laughs> I know I love dance therapy yeah um, so it's called like dance movement therapy because I think that the word dance scared many people. Like they're like, oh, I can't do that. I'm not a dancer. So they kind of added the word in movement so that way people could feel more comfortable because we all move all day. Right. And I think it's kind of like the you know the, act, the the famous quotes of dance of life where we're just we're moving all day whether we want to or not. And then instead of talking, we're moving. So therapy instead of talk therapy, we're moving through the therapy, and you can kind of move through the pain and move through the trauma. And the sessions, it's really fascinating how they're structured. Is really structured like a you know a start a middle a finish like a regular talk therapy is structured through movement so 
you know, a typical movement session would start with a regular warm up. Mm -hmm. Now, for somebody it might just be they're moving their fingers if that's where they are in life, if they're very, you know, constricted, you know, you see a lot of people come to, to movement therapy, they have a lot of constricted movement. Mm -hmm. um, so it might just be like playing with their fingers and then like opening up a palm would be like a huge breakthrough in therapy. Wow. But then for people who are more mobile and more um, higher functioning in life, you know, the whole movement might be warming up their body, you know, mm -hmm. then you kind of go towards, you know, there's a few other steps that I'm not going to go through it all, go through the middle of the session. That's kind of the theme, the theme what's going on in your day, the theme that's going on through your life. And you kind of, if it's in, because a, a lot of movement therapy are done in groups or done individually, it could be a group thing that you're doing together. And you're kind of just really seeing where the movement goes and where the movement takes you. And usually it takes you to some sort of resolution. Mm -hmm. Now, not always, sometimes it might be towards a resolution. And then towards the end of the session, you go more towards a closure. And you start either centering the day or the theme or whatever was brought up in session or even just those 45 minutes and you kind of close it down. And usually what happens through that, it's a buildup. It's, you know, it doesn't happen in one session. It takes in many sessions, especially if you're working on the same theme, is that you get some sort of release or you get clarity. I mean, it's amazing when I did it because part of the studying for it is just doing the groups yourself all day. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it's a lot of therapy. Um is just, it's amazing what comes up. I'm in a group. We're doing a theme that could have nothing to do with me. Somebody picked a theme to do, right? Because we all have to practice leading. So someone else in the group practice, picked a theme that they want to do that day. And we're all, and what comes up for me is so personal to me. My movement that was brought up by the group's movement is bringing up something so profound internally in me. And the awareness that I got through movement was fascinating. Wow. And I remember that one time I practiced it. I was working in Good Samaritan, the chemical dependency ward. And I practiced it. I did it. I was like, okay, woman, I'm going to do a dance movement therapy group. And what came up in that group was like, you know, I think I was an intern then. So I was like, oh my goodness, you know, like overwhelmed. And I went back to my dance movement therapist teacher and, I, and she's like, yeah, it's like movement brings up everything because everything in life includes movement. Right. Now, I feel like I give a very like esoteric definition of movement therapy. Does that make so, sense? Yeah, it made sense. I, just like what would be an example of a theme? Because you said that like a theme came up for you, but also theme others brought up themes. Any emotion. So somebody could do the theme of sadness. Uh, Someone can do the theme of limits. Mm. A lot of themes, I guess it could, my, you know, my dance therapy class, a lot of us were social workers, psychologists. So like a lot of the themes were very esoteric. So people did a lot of like boundaries and limitations. And like, <laughs> these are themes that all resonates with us in our lives. It could be happy, sad. It could be traveling. It could be journeying, like a journey of one's life. It could, like the themes are endless. I mean, anything theme, like think of a theme that's brought up in session. And I can tell you how it would look like in a movement therapy session. So some, you know, childhood traumas, um, school, school, getting dressed in the morning. Mm -hmm. You know, one of my favorite exercises that I did already, I think at this point, like maybe three times in my dance therapy course every year, different time by a different teacher was they make you do a journey of life. Mm. So they tell you to sit in the room and this is not something that you would do as a client in dance movement therapy, but it was something as like a t as a practitioner to, to understand it. But like they have you start in the room and they say, go to four different points in the room and let that be connected to four different periods of your life. And, you, mm. and it has to be all through movement. And like, it could be throughout, you know, one day. Like some people did, I remember like getting up in the morning and then going to work. And some people did like their life's journey. Yeah. So like, let's let's go to like the practical, like of like what it looks like. So like, are you using music? Like, So some dance there... teachers use movement, some don't. In our studies, they really don't have us use music because they want it to be really authentic movement. And music tends to influence movement. 
So when we're learning it, we're not allowed to use music. So imagine like oh my 15 of us moving with no music. That is so odd. Like I just imagine like feeling super awkward doing that. Like usually I think like I get lost in music like when, when I'm dancing. That's why they don't want you to get lost in the music because they want the movement to be authentic. But most people, when they actually practice it with their clients, you use movement. And we actually have a class that's coming this summer of how to use the music. Mm-hmm. I've used music when I'm using with my clients because I think people will feel too un- too yeah. uncomfortable. But I really do go through my playlist. I don't just turn on the radio. I really do go through a playlist because you want don't want words that are going to be too strong, mm-hmm. too fast beat, too jazzy. Is very can be very like also like too confusing for people. Like you need right. Like, you need to follow an instrument exactly. So I, I do pick music, but. Um, Sessions look very different depending on if it's like individual or group based. Mm-hmm. Dance movement therapy is a lot group, but also individual. So like an indiv- like this, it can range. I can give you a thousand examples of what a session will look like. But let's say I was, I'll give you one. Ex- okay, I can't spend all day talking about this, even though I could. But <laughs> I think you could. I don't want to bore you're anyone. You're so passionate I know, about I'm so this. Passionate yeah. about I don't want to bore anyone. But basically, let's see. Also, I'll give you one example of an individual. How it look? One example of a group, and then we're not talking about this anymore. <laughs> so individual is let's say I'm, I'm I'm sitting with somebody, you know, and let, let's just say they're mid session, right? It's their sixth session already doing this movement. So they know what they am. So they come in and I say like, okay, do you even know what you want to start with? Start with? And she says, yeah, my, my shoulder. So I might, depending on how advanced that person is, I might do more guided. So I might just start warming up the shoulder, telling her different muscles to move, just kind of getting that that flow and the warm up. And it would be similar with a group actually, just, you know, 12 people, like let's say standing in a circle and being like, or standing, you know, wherever they're, they're standing and say, okay, just focus. Usually try to warm up the whole body. Are your eyes closed or open when you're doing depends. this? Depends. You might be like, hey, if you feel comfortable, you want to close your eyes. Sometimes yes, yeah, sometimes not. There's no, mm-hmm. just like a therapy session. There's, there's no, no rules. Se- there's 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 the basic of the structure where you start the session with the warm up, then you move on to really, let, let me, okay. I'll give the basic structure of what a session looks like, right? So there's the warm up. Now what that looks like depends on the session, what that, you know, if it's a group, if it's individual, what you're doing. But just figure out a typical warm-up of warming up the body. Then you want to move on to release. What's so important to, of release is because release helps you get present in the moment. Release is like what it sounds like. You're releasing everything that's going on in life and you're being in the mo- in the moment. So if there's music, usually the tempo will get a little faster. But if not, even the movement starts getting a little faster. You really want to get present. So there's a lot of like either just movement or running around the room, just really getting getting into the moment. Next is the theme. So that we discussed before. It's really working through something. Now, again, it might just it might just see like the theme is not always sad. It's not always like, oh, we're gonna work with sadness today. Sometimes it's just seen. So if I see a client starting to move really slowly, I as the therapist will just kind of like imitate the movement and move slowly with them and see where that goes. Mm. So then Afterwards, we might talk about it and say, well, what came up for you today in the movement? I, my, what came up for me as a therapist might be totally different to what came up for her. Right. Afterwards, we're going to discuss the theme that came up for her. I don't know what's going to come up because mm-hmm. it's in the moment. I have no idea. So I'm just moving along with the movement just the same way that in therapy, we're moving along verbally with the words. Right. Right. We don't know what's going to come up in exactly. open talk exactly. therapy. Now, a lot of my studies of movement is learning, you know, a lot of analysis. So I've learned to analyze what movement is. So I'm able to 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 understand, have a deeper awareness to the movement that people are doing mm-hmm. um, and how to develop a theme is also a lot because somebody might get stuck in their movement. So I'm mm-hmm. here to help them move forward in the way that I just like a therapist, someone brings something up. You say, I think what you're saying is this. You might be wrong mm-hmm. and they'll say no, right? So to a movement, I'll help them if they seem stuck. I'll help them take their movement further. They might then say, no, I didn't want to start jumping. Why did you, you know, if I see little, let's say bounce in the knees, I'm like, ooh, this person wants to jump maybe. Mm-hmm. And, and they'll be like, no, I didn't want to jump. You know, and then they'll fix it and they'll tell me their movement. Or afterwards, when discussing the theme, they'll say, you know what? I felt a little forced that you made me go faster when I really wanted to go slower. So just like any therapy, it's, the client has to tell me, you know, and it takes Where they're time. Heading. And, 
they build the rapport. Mm-hmm. So like, let's say like, you know, somebody is coming in and um, they're struggling with self-esteem and confidence. Yeah. Movement so, would be great for someone like that. So when they would come in, we wouldn't have any music or maybe we would have some music so they don't feel like usually so alone. Pra- usually the- practicing, we have music. But listen, every dance therapist does their sessions so differently. The way that I do them is there's a lot of talk. So there's a lot of talk in the beginning and there's mm. sometimes talk in the middle and there's talk in the end. I mean, I've been myself to different dance therapists because I wanted to really practice it on myself. Some was so much talk and I was like, wait, I thought I'm a dance therapy. It was so interesting. And some, it was only movement. Mm-hmm. You know, I love the only movement sessions. Yeah. I mean, to me, those are just like so releasing, but it's not always so practical. Sometimes you need to talk about what you want to talk about today. Then we'll do it through in a movement. Sometimes people come and they don't want to talk. They want to just jump straight into movement. Right. You know, so a first session for somebody coming in, we're not just going to be like, okay, here's the music. Let's dance. Like, you know, I'll do an intake. I'll do a biopsychosocial. Get to know you. Get to know what you want to focus on. What kind of movement do you like? What kind of music do you like? How much of the session do you want it to be movement? How much mm-hmm. not? Sometimes I'm sitting with a client and this could be a talk ther- client that I don't even do movement therapy. And I see, I see, I see some stuckness in, let's say, their body. So I'll say like, you know, I noticed that you're, rubbing your hand oh yes do you mind just like doing that movement a little longer because basically when we do movement longer that leads to fulfillment and release right so let's say the movement's just like this Mm -hmm. you're like do you mind moving just like moving do it stronger faster yeah or just basically i'd play around with the movement or someone's like tapping their fingers i'll be like do you mind just tapping a little faster can we play a little bit dance yeah, we're not going to dance because I know we're on camera, but let's do something a little small. Tell me what you feel. Sure. Okay. So just, I guess, like, put your hands on the table, right? Okay. And just start any movement you want in any way. Okay. So I'm just going to, I'm going to use a lot more words now because we're podcasting, but I'm just going to copy you what you're doing. Okay. Okay. If at any point you feel uncomfortable, you can tell me. So just notice, right? Your fingers are, this This mug is blocking me, but just notice you're just... You're just tapping your fingers. I hear some noise from your nails. Yeah, I was going to say, I think my nails are too long for this. <laughs> yeah. I like it. I like that little noise. So let's play Let's play around with noise. It's sort of like follow the leader. Similar, yeah, because I'm copying what you're doing. But here, I'll, I'll change it up. I'll do some movement also myself so it doesn't feel like follow the leader. So I see on your face that, yeah. I, that, you're, you're, that you're kind of like thinking a lot. So okay. I'll ask you just to release some of those thoughts. Just kind of stay present to what's... Stay what, in what's, the flow of the movement. Stay. Stay in the flow of the, like the, the movement of the fingers, what's happening. This is a lot of like mindfulness. Of, yeah. Like being in the moment and like moving away from those thoughts. Yeah, because if you're in the thoughts, you're, you're away from the movement. So just notice while you're letting the thoughts kind of go away, what's happening. How long do we do this for? Until you finally feel something. <laughs> I, I feel like a release in my hands. Like it's it's kind of interesting. Like my, my hands are feeling a little heavy, there's but like not a heavy that. of like working too hard. It's like a heaviness of like, there's something like being released in them. That's amazing. Right. So just, we're, we're gonna wrap it up. You know, I can do this for, with you for an hour right now. But just notice that release that's happening. Yeah. And notice what's that what that is like. When you're ready, you can slowly slow down the movement. And I'll just shake it up. There's such like stillness. And I want to just sit in that stillness. And we've only been doing this for like a minute. I mean, this is nothing that we just like. Boop. Yeah. Because like when you were talking about it. It's like, too esoteric. It's hard to explain. 
like it's it's understandable but i think like until like you sat down with me here and did this i'm like whoa everything you just said in like it's powerful know, 15 no? minutes yeah it's almost like i feel the stillness now like in a, in a good way yeah i mean and we can say that you said theme we could take the theme of stillness and just do an hour with stillness i mean how much does stillness impact our lives mm-hmm. all day don't have enough time to be still feel pressure that we're not being stilled yeah the topic of still we could do a theme and you could t- stillness in relationships stillness with your mother stillness with your spouse stillness with your friends right it can be applied in stillness every area within ourselves i mean we yeah. can do this theme for months of stillness it's so interesting because it's reminding me because I, for, I forgot about this and I'm remembering it now. So Rachel Factor is a dancer in Israel and she's not a therapist, but I would call it therapeutic. I mean, I would dance with a her lot of movement in her groups. And sometimes like we would just like prepare for like recital and other times we would just do these movement based exercises. And one of the exercises that she did was she told us, close your eyes and she closed the lights. Everybody just move. We only had like daylight in. Everyone just move. And so she put a song on and she said, find one instrument that you're going to connect to. I always connect to the drum. Like the drum is like my thing because it has like that beat. Like mm. it's very like predictable. It's very like, I don't know. I just, I like that. It's like a deep, a deep, um, a deep sound. Some people were connecting to the piano, others to the violin, some to the flute. Um, and she said like, based on that beat, move. That's and, a very similar thing that I would do like in a movement session. Yeah. yeah and, and I remember at, at first it was so awkward. At first I'm like, oh my gosh, like who's peeking? Like there's always that one person where you're like, <laughs> I'm closing my eyes, but are you closing your eyes? Like, and everyone is staring at me and like, you don't want to be like that odd one out where like you're still moving and like everyone's like watching you doing it. Um, but she, she like really like put us into like a trance in a sense of like us being into it. And like, once I started following the beat, like you stop thinking about what everybody else is thinking. You stop noticing that you're being watched. Like it's almost like you entered this own like zone of your own world where you then are like i don't want the music to ever stop like i just want this music to like go on and on because it gives like such a serenity and such a like mindful connection to something other than our inner thoughts that we're constantly like that's what it is it's letting go it's letting go of the chatter and really connecting to something really deep and internal which gets very trans-like yeah yeah and and it's just like a fascinating experience and like it's funny because like i only connected it once you did it once i did it with you here it reminded me because it was that exact same same feeling that i had back there that's why the movement therapy course is i told you i'm just doing a million sessions the whole thing's experiential they can't teach it because even me when you said explain me dance therapy i was like trying i was giving you the theories it was hard you know really practice it to do it Mm -hmm. and and baseline therapy is like that also where sometimes it's like well how does therapy work and like what is this going to do for me and like explain how you talk to someone about therapy it's like you need to sit in therapy you need to talk to it Experience yeah. and you have to allow yourself to really enter into it. And sometimes, though, like when you start asking too many questions, the logic becomes a barrier to you getting what you need to get done. Right. And that's why I even saw when I saw you, I saw your face. I was like, okay, Shira, like all of the thoughts. Right. You have too many thoughts going on. And normally, I want to jump. This is already theme what we did. Normally, the warm up and the release, like I said before, mm-hmm. would, would do that automatically. Right. So I wouldn't have to actually tell you. Now, knew, I knew you were more advanced. I could tell you can't get, up, get rid of the thoughts. <laughs> but normally, the war- warming up of your whole body, releasing, that gets you to be able to do the theme without all your thoughts being with you. Right. Yeah. I mean, I hope that everybody can like try this out because it is super cool. And like, I still feel the reverberations of like that calmness within me, like, like from before we started until now, like I feel it in my body. Um, Yeah. It's pretty cool. (laughs) It does work, right? There's a reason that all these things work. Yeah. Um, And also like the togetherness of like me just like doing it myself, I think is one thing, but like watching you mirror me, like there was something about that as well. The whole therapy, you do the movement with somebody else, unless Mm -hmm. they say they don't want you to for whatever reason, but you're always doing it the same time. We're doing the same movement. 
And I'm always making sure to kind of like either change the movement slightly. So that's giving a little bit of an intervention to change or do the movement the same way. So that way you can change it if you want to. Yeah. It's fascinating. And, you know, so art and drama are in similar ways, yeah. right? So you're finding another way to connect. You're finding another way to access your unconscious, another way to express things where maybe words can't get there. Yeah. So yeah, I did not think this podcast was going to be about my dance therapy <laughs> dance journey therapy, a little bit. But it's so interesting. Um, yeah, though. it is really interesting. And I love it so much. Um, and there's so many, you know, great therapies out there and so many experiential therapies that I think that somebody who's looking to like kind of maybe get deeper or try a different route, it can really help them connect. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like I, th I think like, you know, I, I like at first like we I called it dance and then you said movement. Like I like the word movement better yeah. because in my mind, dance, I think of like recitals. You have to be a dancer. And it's like, what if I have like two left legs? Like, exactly. Movement you know, we all do every single day, every moment. Right. Yeah. And, and it was as simple as just like tapping your fingers. Yeah. Um, you know, and also like like as you were tapping, like I got so in tune also with like the sound. There's of the a tapping. lot of sounds connected with yeah. it, which is why there's the drawback of not having the music. Right. The music can dr drown it away and distract really from the movement. Yeah. But I can see also why somebody can't handle just being in that it's silence. Like sometimes. it's too much. Like it's yeah. too it's too intense. Yeah. Also, like for me also, music really takes me deeper. Mm hmm. So I really connect with music as well. So I think for a lot of people, the music can help them get in the moment and like let go of all the thoughts in their head. Right. So my big question is like when you're moving, do you look at one another or do you like look aside? Like how's the eye contact throughout? Like so if it's an individual session, it's really depends on that person. Like I have to know that person if they feel uncomfortable, if I was like giving them that eye contact, you know, <laughs> so it might need to be like kind of a side by side kind of movement thing as a group people some people are looking at each other some people are looking into themselves depends sometimes the group work is like okay go do this on your own and let's sometimes the movement is together you're connecting mm -hmm. hands you know like so just it really depends on the session right yeah yeah it's, but it can get awkward yeah it can i think like also like probably if you're doing it on a weekly basis you get more used to it exactly whereas like if this is the first time you're doing it you can think like what's going on right here? which this is why weird. i didn't have you stand up and i started moving with you i knew based on where we are right now in this moment that the tapping of the fingers is as moat as the simplest way to go about it exactly so so too with a new client you start very very small and very simple right yeah. and, and i can see how this can help somebody just like feel more confident or to become more comfortable in their own body yeah a um, lot of confidence with movement can really help that yeah so this was so interesting. Like, I know that you are super passionate about it. And I can see, like, just from, like, that small exercise, like, how it can be so helpful for somebody. So I highly recommend that if anybody would want to try that out, they should definitely um, give it a shot yeah. because be it's healing. It's very healing. Yeah. Thank Alrighty. you. Great.